too long Me and them city folks couldn't get along My mama said you're a distant child They all know you was born hog wild So I traveled all over this land And I found myself a backwoods band You can hear us play for a country mile Everybody knows that we're hog wild This is Inside the Natural State, an Arkansas sports podcast. Here are your hosts, Zach and Steve. What's up, everybody? Zach and Steve here with you inside the natural state. What's up, man? What's going on, bud? How are you? (laughs) Oh, I'm a lot better than I was a week ago. Are you? Are you on an emotional high right now? Are you on an emotional low? Are you right in the middle? Well, I'm... You would don't because I mean it, talking to you on Saturday after the game and some of the things you were saying. I think you think this team's going to win a title or something. Now. No, no, but uh, <laughs> it, it is one of our greatest losses. Dang, yeah, <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Well, I mean, I've never. It it it, it sucks to always lose. It does. Um, but what did we expect this year? I mean, exactly this. coming into this season, this is kind of what we thought we were going to get. I, now, are, are they going to walk into LSU and just blow them away? <laughs> I wish, but no. Well, no, I mean. Are they going to go in and upset Alabama? <laughs> I wish, but no. Yeah, that's not happening. We, but I still, I can always make a case, and, and we'll talk about this later, but I can always make a case for them to still go 6-6. Six and six. If, if they play like they did to the level that they did on Saturday morning. I agree, and, and like you said, we'll talk about that later, but I got some thoughts on why I'm way, way, way holding back on that idea, but we'll, we'll cover that in a little bit. But so, so talking about the game, I've, I've seen some stats, I've seen some different stuff come out. Obviously, it was interesting, or I guess it was, it, it was, it was good to see Hicks get a shot and to get out there. and Yeah, where the and, hell did that come from? Well, again, I mean, I'll play a clip here in just a minute of, of Hicks after the game. Um, that was very telling to me on kind of where his mentality was for this game. And so, um, you know, it was surprising. I mean, Mm -hmm. admittedly, I was extremely concerned. I mean, as soon as Starkle even got in front of the guy to make that tackle, I'm screaming at the TV, don't do that, don't do that. And then – did you As see he what he said? On, I was going to say, did you see what he said on Instagram? Oh, I did. I did. And, 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 and fine. Look, I'm, I'm glad that you mama didn't glad raise you, no, your mama didn't raise no. Yeah. And I'm glad that, you know, that, that you feel that way about yourself. But yeah. at the end of the day, we need you on the football field, Nick Starkle. And, and we need you to make good decisions. Was that a, well, was that an instinct or, or was oh, it I just mean, trying it, to be heroic? I don't know that he was trying to be heroic. I think he was pissed. You know, I think it was a situation where he made a... He, Why did he even throw that ball? Well, if you go back and watch, and there's been a lot of controversy about this, and, I, and actually I probably should have looked up the rules on it, but, um, you know, there's been a lot of controversy because Boyd was tackled on the play before the ball ever yeah. got, whatever was ever thrown. Now, again... I think the bigger question is why why did you even call that play? You know, and I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and get into into making, you know, talking about play calling because I actually thought play calling was really good in that game. Um I thought they mixed things up. I thought they did a really good job for the most part. But in that situation, I didn't understand why you'd run a shovel pass when everyone's expecting you to run it up the middle anyway. And that's well, where everything collapses and, and there's no room. I mean, you've got basically a five yard range there where everyone's at so the the throw the play call was bad the execution was bad and then Starkle I think between the five picks last week you just cost your team points right there 
I think he was just trying to make a play and, and kind of take some aggression out. It almost looked like off. he panicked. I, I don't know that he panicked. I just think, and maybe he did, but I, again, I think it was the, the way the play was called and it got blown up. He should have just, at, at worst case scenario, he should have just thrown it out of the back of the end zone. Yeah. You know, take the, take the, the grounding or, or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it was, you know, it, it sucked. But, I mean, I, I, I will say this, and, and we'll ask Hutch about this later. There was a lot of fight in this team. There was. There was. There was a lot of fight. The, I, I've said this a couple times. I think this is the first time that we've seen a team play four quarters under Morris. Um, I know that there was some moments where things kind of went into a lull. But in an SEC game, you expect that. I mean, you expect things to slow down a little bit. You expect there – you know, I was talking to a buddy of mine about this earlier today. We were talking about the – you know, the physicality. And I thought that Arkansas was extremely physical. Um, and I was reading some stuff that Andrew put out earlier um, from pro, uh, from what is it, pro football focus um, or, or whatever that is. And I was actually surprised if you looked at the numbers. Apparently we graded out better in pass and run blocking against San Jose State than we did in this game. Um, and I felt like we were really physical in this game. I thought that that we took the game to them versus waiting on them to come at us. And if you look on our first drive um, after the kickoff, so we started from the 25, Starkle hits Woods for a 12-yard gain. Um, he hits Cheyenne O'Grady for 10. Then Boyd breaks off a 14-yard run. And then you had a pass to Hammonds. Um, so, I mean, they really seem to mix things up pretty well and then miss the field goal twice. <laughs> um, you know. I think that was the biggest, to me, that was the biggest surprise, at least on that drive. Because Limpert's been really good, he has. And I mean, it was a fifty-one yarder. Um, it was a long kick. It was, but he na- he's nailed one from that distance before. Yeah, and it's it, again, it, it's a low percentage kick, obviously, and and obviously disappointing that he didn't make it. Because what what surprises me is that before they called the timeout, he kicked it one way. Yeah, and then you come out of the timeout. And I'm like, all right, he readjusted. He knows what he's got to do, and he kicked it the other way. He just overcompensated or something. Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, it was just and, – and, again, who knows? I mean, maybe the scoring is a little different, but obviously you're talking about, you know, a, a field goal can win the game if you make that field goal. You're in the situation you are there at the end. You're not having to, you know, throw a – you know, basically a Hail Mary throw in that situation. You can that was field goal and such win the game. a – that final drive, yeah, it ended in heartache, but, man, they were moving the – Ball. They did. They did really well. Of course, we had a couple of calls, and we'll talk about some of that in a little bit too. It's really head scratching. No calls. Had some really head scratching calls. Um, I really wish I had a sound bite for 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 that clip for for the for the officiating segment we're going to be talking yeah. about. <laughs> it's that was. I don't know. I'll get into that more in a little bit. Those two. Those two call. There were two calls there on that final drive that were super questionable. One of them didn't end up costing Arkansas, which was the pass interference. Um, I thought, you know, the the miss on that was bad. But at the end of the day, um, it, we ended up converting anyway. But more importantly was the reason we were in third and 17 to begin with was uh, Hicks was basically picked up and body slammed over the top of the head of the guy that tackled him. Yeah, That is roughing the passer. Whether you like that call or not, that's roughing the passer. But what about? I mean, there was, and and, and I guess we're jumping headfirst into this now, or yeah. I mean, that's what we're here for. <laughs> hey, Will, turn my earbuds. Off. I can't hear nothing. I can't hear me at all. Am I peeking? I think you're deaf because I well, hear you just fine. I am. Pe- I am deaf. But Why do you need to hear yourself? Just talk. 
I don't I got know. you. Okay. It's okay. Okay. Can we edit this out? No, this is staying. Okay. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, wow. Okay. You're just a, <laughs> you, such a gorgeous you, man. Are you better over there now? I am. I'm good now. I can okay. hear me. Okay. For a minute, I was like, I don't know if I'm peaking or what. No, anyway, um, I guess we're diving head first into, um, into the segment of... The officiating. No, I don't want to get into that right now. We'll we'll what say were that. Your, I mean, what were your thoughts w- away from what we had talked about on Saturday? Which, by the way, that was cool. So kudos to all of the on-air personalities. We all got together um, and, and and chatted it out um, for the first time. So that yeah. was kind of fun. I like that. Yeah, I built a little studio at my house. But what? How did you feel coming away? Because you and I really hit this team hard last week as far as execution mentality and and just really starting to question where this team was turning. Yeah. And I think if you if you listen to a lot of the the post game um reactions from the players um you didn't have a, I think years before you had a lot of gloom and doom. You had a lot of oh man, you know, kind of like we saw last week, don't doubt us and all that kind of stuff, but it was more you know, in more of a sad way, I guess. I, you know, there was a lot of down. I got a lot of guys in the locker room down, and that's expected. But I, I, I felt like this team learned a lot from that San Jose State game. More importantly, I think this coaching staff learned a lot. Um, they learned a lot about this program. They learned a lot about these players, and the fact that they can't just step on the field and expect a W. And that's what they did against San Jose State. And I think it's interesting when we start. You know, I, as fans. We're either going to be way up here, really high, or we're going to be really low. And this is not a team that we can ride that roller coaster with. And if you do, you're going to drive yourself crazy for the next year or two. Because I'm already there. Yeah, and and I think a lot of us are going to get there if you don't just step back and look at where this – Look, I was an emotional mess after the San Jose State game like most people were. Yeah, you were. I was was pissed. (laughs) And I was pissed a lot during the game Saturday. But for different reasons – I think what we have to remember, look, so think about the North Carolina-Clemson game. That so, one. Yeah, but North Carolina had no business being in that game. No. None. I so, mean, I don't do even care think- that it was at home. They had no business being in that game. And so, to me, it's just proof to the point that on any Saturday, if you don't show up with your best effort, anybody in college football can beat you. Yeah. Um, but, again, going back on that Clemson-North Carolina game, Clemson's not all it's cracked up to be this year either. Uh, I mean, I think Clemson's kind of going through the motions right now. They they haven't really had to be tested other than technically the A&M game. Looks um, like my Dallas Cowboys, but yeah, we're not going to go there. Hey, my Niners are still 3-0. So, so, um, so I don't know. I, I, don't, I mean, Clemson's going to be in the playoff unless something happens um, at the quarterback position or something crazy happens to them. They're going to be in the playoff. They're, they're so, let me ask you this. How do you feel moving forward? I feel pretty good. I mean, again, I don't know. We got two weeks for them to prepare for Kentucky, and it's a game that after watching Kentucky the first four weeks we of the season. We should win that one. I, we, don't, we never should win anything right now. Um, this is not a team that we can think should win. Well, yeah. you know, other than you should have beat San Jose State. Um, you should have beat Portland State. You should beat Western Kentucky. Those are three games you should win. Well, they win. did beat Portland State. I know. It was an ugly win. But good, yeah. And so, I mean, so the, how, I, mean I don't know. I'm, I'll be really curious to see how everybody looks after a week. See, you know, we got a lot of people banged up. Um, see where injuries and, and see how these guys look here in a couple of weeks. Well, let me ask you this. Traylon Burks was out. 
Knox. Knox. Trey Knox was out. Trey Knox was out. Yeah. Okay. You put him on the field against A&M. Does it make a difference? Yeah, he's worth seven points. I think they they I would assume they win the game with Knox in just because there's a couple of plays there that are they're going to make with Knox in the game. It's just you know and, and and having the ability to kind of kind of mix between those two Burks and Knox as much as they want. Um, I think that they'll have a I think that they'll have a good you know I think they'll have a good shot. Um, sorry, Will was showing me something there. I totally lost. What you train. got? What is that? So apparently, I'm not good enough to see. No, I don't understand what that is. What you got, Will? So I guess uh, Stoops is saying that another guy is going to start a quarterback for Kentucky. Oh, I, okay. I yeah, totally Lynn. misread that. When I was trying to keep <laughs> Wait, my train of thought. What did what 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 did fill us in? His name's Lynn Bowden. 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 Lynn yeah. Bowden. I nothing. No, nothing about hmm. him. Well, that's but, a good uh, thing. I mean, yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, he started. He played against. Uh, who did Kentucky play this week? South Carolina. South, South Carolina. Carolina. Did so. he play in the South Carolina game? Yeah, he played in the South he Carolina. He must have come in okay. after they were down four touchdowns or something. Well, so, yeah, I mean, where were we at? Cause that well, how do you – I mean, you know, you were talking about this team not not walking in and, and shouldn't expect to win yeah. anything. Yeah. But you you got you to gotta have a feeling that, that – I mean, we saw sparks of it against Colorado State. They overlooked San Jose. Right. And then you saw sparks of it again in A&M. Yeah. You got to think. I know it's not left lane hammered down, but you got to think that engine that engine on, that of his is is starting to fire, trying to fire. Yeah, possibly, but again, I think we got to be careful. This is again, this is still a young team. Nobody wants to hear it. We 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 argued the young team excuse well, with with basketball, but football's a different animal. And I think this team's going to be young until the end of this season. That's just the way it is. They're going to have to play a ton of youth. Guys are going to get hurt. I think, and again, everybody gave Morris a bye his first year. Mm-hmm. Okay, they. I did. I'm even going to give him a buy on his second year. His third year is when he starts need. He, I mean, now granted, I'm not going to sit here and, and and just say, ah, oh, he can lose the rest of the games and it'd be fine. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I can mentally. I don't think as a fan I can handle another two and ten, zero oh and eight. Right. But moving forward, I think we're in the right direction. I think we're slowly getting there. You've got a chance. And again, this is my this is my argument against. Making a six and six record, you Kentucky didn't look all that great. Mississippi State didn't look all that great. You got that Western Kentucky still tucked back there, but that toss up is going to be Missouri. Yeah, it depends on how they play against Missouri. There's your, there's four wins right there. I, yeah, and I mean, there, I, there's obviously a path. I mean, just like there was a path to seven or eight when the season started. It's just it's a very difficult path to go down right now. Um, my I guess you know. When we came into the season, I think the number one thing that everybody talked about, the, the, the realist that knew what they're getting into with this team, is we want to see them be competitive. Have they been, They've been competitive in every game, right? I mean, think about it. They, they were competitive. I don't know if you can count San Jose State as being competitive. They were competitive. They didn't get blown out. Remember, last year they uh, – It was 24-7 at the half. Well, I mean, the, we lost by touchdown. They, then they came back. They stormed back. They tied the game. Again, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't anything. But they were competitive. They didn't – Think North Texas last year. When you start thinking of a, t- a game, oh, why'd you game? have to bring that up? But I mean, that's that's what we're hoping to avoid this year is stuff like that. That's, I don't think you're going to see another another North Texas fiasco. Well, I don't either. But my point is, is that as we start talking about what what how I how we feel going forward and what what we have to what we can expect, I think it's fair to look at it and go, yeah, you know, we haven't won the games we really wanted to. We're you know two and three right now. Um, 
but we've been competitive. And that was the only thing. Really, that's what we asked for. We wanted to see growth, and we wanted to see this team be competitive. And we're not where we want to be. We could be 5-0. and We should be at least 3-2 and right now. Um, and and so – I don't think we'd be 5-0. and I, I – <laughs> Again, we, we – Trust if, me, I'm if, a homer, and I love the Hogs. But I, it's it's hard for me to look at, at – Four and one, maybe. I don't know how you don't though. If 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 Starkle starts Ole Miss, you win. Mm. And if if they actually show up against San Jose State, they win. I mean, the thing is, is men- mentally they didn't show up on that game. Coaching didn't show up in that game, and they lost. And, and that's part. And again, I called that by the way. <laughs> did you? Well, no, it was a so, no, no, no. It was a conversation. <laughs> well, let me let me preface that with saying it was a conversation Katie and I were having. Yeah. Because they were coming off that Colorado State win. They were real high. They, I mean, they had the club dub interview and everything. And I looked over at Katie when we were listening to some. We were listening to to, to the radio, and we were out running errands or whatever. And I looked over at Katie and I said, "Babe, they're 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 going to overlook San Jose State, and it's not going to be pretty. They're going to you know, overlook San Jose State, and they're going to look at A and M." Yeah, and, and I mean, it is. It was, was like on a Tuesday or Wednesday, and I was we we had gotten to Branson, and uh, we started watching it at the Lamberts there in Springfield for dinner. And and I, I just I could tell there was something about it that, that this team just looked off. Well, I mean, yeah, you could definitely tell that in the game, and and it was it was a tra- a trap game in a lot of ways because of where it's set and and you're looking forward to hoping to get that first SEC win, but it still doesn't change. I mean, we could be five and zero, we should be three and two. Um, the, I mean, that's absolutely where we should be right now. Um, but again, my feel on it right now is we should have one more win. Um, but. We've seen competitiveness. We saw some things to grow on on Saturday. Um, you know, I think we feel pretty comfortable about, you know, it, whether Starkle gets hurt and, and Hicks has to come in, I think at least in that, you know, we feel okay about that scenario. Did we ever hear back on his injury? Just that it's a it's a, a, a contusion, basically a, just a, a bruise. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty deep muscle bruise, I think is my That's understanding. What I thought. So, um, not as bad as it looked like it was going to be. I mean, it definitely looked like you're going to have a broken bone or something there. I thought his, I thought his wrist was broke. Well, the way he held it, it sure looked like it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, so I, I don't feel so bad. I mean, I definitely don't feel as bad as I did at the San Jose State game. If anything, I'm kind of confused um, at, at what this team's going to do the rest of the year. I don't know what this team's identity is. I really don't. Uh, I think we figured out their identity. Um I think we saw some of that. I, this team's starting to take on some, you know, Rakeem Boyd is, is obviously, as the season goes, as long as he stays healthy, you got to get him 20-plus touches a game, 25 <laughs> in that neighborhood. Right. Whaley's just not he, – he's not cutting it. I mean, I think he averaged – He's doing better, but he's not he's not living up to the hype. Well, I don't even know if it's the hype. It's just he's just – he just – he doesn't have the same burst. He doesn't have the same ability that Boyd has – and when you're playing behind an offensive line that is, you know, average at best, at best. Um, he's he struggles. And I mean, I, you know, Chase Hayden was out with a concussion. Um, I don't know that he brings too much to the table. Right now, T.J. Hammonds is all your speed until Jordan Jones and David. Chase Ward Hayden was out with concussion. Is that yeah. why he? Is that why they they yeah. held him? Concussion. Did, did you hear the rumor um, going around about him transferring? Again, yes, and I don't even it, I don't even know who started that, but basically it was because Hayden it was announced that Hayden wasn't traveling, um, and then somebody ran with it. Oh God, I hope Hayden doesn't transfer. I, I guess what the and, and, Twitter warriors. Yeah, and that may be the case, and he may very well transfer. I don't know. What's up, Will? Well, you remember last year Chase Hayden put his name in the transfer portal. Portal. Yeah. Before 
Morris Kane. Ah. Uh, he took his name out and decided to stay. So right. there may be more to that rumor. And that's fine. At the end of the day, I don't – I hate to say this about anybody, but – It frees up a scholarship. Well, True. and Traylon – is it – Traylon Smith, who's the this, this, who's the, the, eight, who's the Arizona State transfer? Yeah, from Arizona State. He, I heard they're better. He's better than pretty much the yeah. the rest of them. Well, he's, he's going to play next year. Seven, though, is he? So. Yeah, yeah, he'll be he'll play next year. He'll be a big part of this offense next year. So, I mean, from that aspect, you know, they've got some work to do at the running back. But again, I think that they have learned that they've got to build this off. You know, that, that this offense has to run. The pass has to set up the run right now, and and I think that's where we're starting to see that identity. Nice. All right. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Andrew Hutchinson of hogbeat.com. Stay with us on Inside the Natural State. Subscribe to Inside the Natural State and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat at Natural State Sports. Welcome back to Inside the Natural State. Joining Zach and Steve is Andrew Hutchinson of Hogbeat.com. You can find him on Twitter at NWA Hutch. All right, well, welcome in, Hutch. Uh, what'd you think of that ball game on Saturday, man? Well, uh, it, I felt like I was uh, in the twilight zone watching the same game from the last six years, it seems like. <laughs> it just seems like every year, Arkansas and AM, no matter. No matter how good Texas A&M is or how bad Arkansas is, it seems like it's always going to go down to, you know, the fourth quarter or even overtime or, you know, last minute of the game. And that happened again uh, this, this past Saturday. Yeah, it was um, it, it was is interesting considering we really didn't know what to expect coming in after the San Jose State game and the, the debacle of that. So, um, you know, what were some takeaways that you got from uh, – with Ben Hicks being in there and, and – and, and his kind of moxie of coming in and, and really really playing well. I mean, I don't know that anybody expected that. What was, you know, what were your takeaways from the way the offense moved with Hicks out there? I think I was really surprised. I mean, as you said, no one expected Ben Hicks to, to come in and do that. He, he didn't really play well uh, the first game and a half of the season, which is why Arkansas made the switch to Nick Starkle. And, you know, I thought that, you know, whenever, for whenever Nick got hurt, I was like, well, that's probably all she wrote. Uh, but then again, Ben comes in, throws that beautiful back shoulder touchdown to Mike Woods, gives Arkansas the lead, and I'm thinking, holy cow, they might actually have a chance today. And sure enough, he came out firing again in the second half, uh, had completed several uh, long touch or long passes, and uh, just really looked sharp. And then the, the offense ran smoothly. Uh, really, the offense looked like what I expected it to look like. Uh, against Portland State and even to an extent against Ole Miss. And they just – he never got – I mean, he said after the game, he never really got into a rhythm uh, in those in those games. And he was able to get in a rhythm uh, against uh, Texas A&M. And I think part of the reason may be is that he knew that Nick was hurt and that he wasn't really looking over his shoulder going, oh, man, if I mess up, here comes Nick Starkle. Uh, he was able to kind of play loose, and, and, it, and it showed in his play. 
Uh, I don't think his I don't think his final numbers were necessarily that impressive. I think fifteen at twenty seven or something like that. A couple of touchdowns. Uh, I don't even know if he hit two hundred yards, uh, but it was still a really impressive uh, showing. Just because the throws he did make were very critical throws, made a key throw on fourth down uh, on that final drive. Obviously, wasn't able to make that final fourth down throw. Uh, but he gave them a chance, even with that 17-yard scramble he had. So I, I was—I thought he played uh, admirably. You know, it's, he took the words out of my mouth there with him not looking over, not having to look over his shoulder. I found it interesting in the postgame when they asked him about, you know, when he said that about the rhythm thing, and uh, that was exactly what I thought. I thought, man, he had the confidence to go in there and know that he was that it was his job and that no one was going to take it you know, in that scenario. So um, I, I thought, you know, I agree. I thought that he played really well. I had, it was interesting to me, though. I was looking I, on uh, on Hogbeat today, looking through a few things, and I've come across Shell's, um, you know, the top five offensive grades with the PFF thing. It's interesting to me how much higher rated Hicks is than Starkle at this point. I know those interceptions probably kill Starkle's rating in that, but um, even on deep passes, like, are you surprised by those numbers, especially with, with Hicks not being the starter? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little bit surprising, but, uh, you know, Nikki Chavanel, my coworker, made a great point when she said, you know, Nick, or I mean, Ben has played basically, when you look at it, two full games now, whereas Nick has played three full games. And so one really good game uh, can kind of outweigh uh, the others. Uh, for, for, whereas, you know, Nick, you know, he's played really well, except for that one, and that one five interceptions, just historically bad. Uh, so it's kind of it's still kind of early, you know. Neither guy has enough, I would say, reps under their belt to, to really have a, a full grasp, firm grasp. I think this looks the eye test tells you that Nick Starkle is the best quarterback, just because you know he was able to, to kind of provide a spark and everything. Now, obviously, if if Ben Hicks looks like he looked on Saturday, then maybe maybe it's a little bit closer. But I still think just looking at the arm talent and everything, uh, Nick Starkle just the eye test. Uh, is is the better quarterback. So it is a little bit surprising, but I would expect those numbers to kind of even out and maybe correct themselves uh, as the season goes on, assuming that Nick plays uh, the way I I think he'll play. Hutch, I want to switch gears for a minute and ask one of the questions that's on everybody's mind right now, and that's the officiating from this SEC crew. Is there any way, any possible way of a – review from Arkansas to the SEC office um, about the officiating in this game? Well, you know, every week uh, coaches get to send in uh, questionable plays and calls to the SEC office, and they can either straight up say, hey, you should look at this because I don't think this is right, or if it's like a a questionable call, like like a targeting or something like that, you can send it to the SEC office and say, hey, I need clarification on this. Uh, so I'm sure they did that. That's probably something that we would have asked Chad Morris uh, today on Monday had they had the, the usual Monday press conference. Uh, but with it being an open week, uh, they we don't get to talk to Chad. Uh, he'll be on the SEC teleconference on Wednesday, uh, but then won't talk to the media in person until next Monday. Uh, so, uh, But I'm sure they probably sent in some uh, – plays some video and everything but again it's it, there's i doubt there's anything the sec could do uh, other than maybe say you know i'm sorry it's probably it probably wasn't 
there were some really bad missed calls, uh, but I don't think it was necessarily as egregious enough to where they'd actually come out and release a statement. Uh, like I believe they did that maybe after the 2009 Florida game, uh, things like that. I don't think it was quite that egregious, uh, but I, I, I've no doubt that the, the Razorbacks are going to be sending in some video to the, the SEC office for further explanation, to say the least. Well, I mean, there was one where Ben Hicks literally gets upended that you knew was clearly a pass or, uh, uh, roughing the passer. And then that one towards the end of the game that was a, a clear pass interference on the defense. Both of those, I mean, and then, of course, the holding on every single play by uh, A&M's defensive line. Something's got to give with this officiating. Yeah, I mean, the, the most egregious call, in my opinion, was the, the non-pass interference on that final uh, drive, the free play. Arkansas throws it up, and at that point, it's the – I think there was about three minutes left, something like that. So I was actually on the on the sideline, and uh, I was behind the end zone behind Arkansas, and uh, the, I could I could see it plain as day, 50, 60 yards away. Uh, the the defender push him to the ground and then intercept the pass, and I just kept waiting and waiting for the, the flag to come in because I was like, oh, that's at least you know 15 yard pass interference compared to the five yard offside penalty, but. Uh, never came. I was I was I was shocked uh, to say the least. But again, it, it really. I mean, I guess it could have changed things. But really, the the team, the team moved the ball down and got got further down the field than they would have had the the penalty been thrown. So uh, really, it was. It, it, there there was definitely some blame on the officials. But this isn't one that I'll remember and be like, man, this the officiating is really what screwed Arkansas in this game. It was just one. It was just your classic Arkansas A and M game where Arkansas just couldn't quite make uh, the play when it needed to at the end of the game. Yeah, um, and I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm definitely not one that's that's jumping on the the officials cost us the game bandwagon. We're going to talk a little bit more about that here later in the podcast, but um, I, a couple other questions. I found this – I don't I don't guess – did y'all put this PFF thing out every week? That's a terrible question to mine, but <laughs> um, I, I should pay better attention. But I, this is very interesting to me because a um, couple of things that I found on here too was that Arkansas's pass blocking grade fell from the San Jose State game. I'm, I, I think you're, you're kind of a numbers guy, aren't you, Hutch? Yeah. Yeah, so – I'm I'm just really curious on that. Like, how did we drop? I mean, I know we gave up two sacks and technically didn't give any in that game, but how do these metrics work? Can you explain that a little bit? Because that's that's wild to me that we had such a discrepancy between those two games, and we seemingly played far more physical against A and M than we did San Jose State. Yeah. So the way Pro Football Focus works is that the well, first of all, the company is owned by Chris Collinsworth, a you know, former NFL player who now calls games, uh, you know, on TV. Uh, so he's a very football-savvy guy, uh, and they have hundreds of analysts uh, who watch these games, and they grade every individual player for every single play. Um, it's, they don't really reveal too much about their process, uh, you know, obvious reasons. They don't want other people duplicating it. Uh, but they basically they grade them, and they spit out a grade 0 to 100, uh, with 100 obviously being perfect, uh, 60 or so is usually about average, um, and then anything above that is pretty good. I think the 70 range is pretty good. 80 is great. 90 is phenomenal. Uh, 50s is bad. Anything under 50, you're getting pretty terrible. Um, so that's kind of how the grading system works. Uh, as far as the pass 
the 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 blocking uh, the pass blocking goes uh, they look at they look at not just sacks but they also look at pressures uh, they keep track of quarterback hurries they keep track of quarterback uh, uh, I guess hurries and hits how many times the other team has hit the quarterback uh, really the San Jose State game it, it wasn't so much in my opinion the the offensive line t- playing terrible. They, they didn't play great by any means. They, they probably played bad. Um, but the offensive line against uh, Texas A&M, you really saw it down on that final drive. I felt like the they kind of, I don't necessarily say just completely imploded, but they didn't block as well as they had throughout the game. And you expect the grade to be a little bit lower against Texas A&M because that's the other thing about pro football focus is they don't, they don't factor in the fact that you're playing maybe Alabama versus playing Alcorn State. Right. Uh, if you play really, really well against Alcorn State, you're going to get a really, really high grade. Uh, even if you maybe played okay against Alabama, you know, the, the casual observer on the eye test says, oh, well, you played better against Alabama because you think, oh, you're doing it against a better defense. But pro football focus doesn't factor in the opponent. It's just strictly looking at the individual player on each individual play. Do you expect the, the pass blocking grades, the grades to be a little bit lower against a team like A&M because they're a, a better opponent? So that's something else you guys consider as well. And, and I, but I thought really the, the offensive line uh, did okay against A&M. It wasn't necessarily the, the reasons for losing the game uh, like it has been, I guess, in, in some years past. Okay, I got you. Well, on the offensive line, two other questions. What, what's the deal with Myron Cunningham? I mean, is he just not picking it up? Or is he not as physical as they thought? You know, it's a, it's a good question because uh, that's something I would have asked Chad if we had a, a press conference today because, you know, they had said a couple of weeks ago that they were going to rotate him at tackle with Colton Jackson and Dalton Wagner, playing them on both sides. That way those guys get some rest and they're not as worn down by the fourth quarter. Uh, they didn't weren't able to do that against San Jose State because Colton Jackson was out in concussion protocol, so he had to start at left tackle. Uh, he gave up, I think he gave up a team high in pressures. I think he gave up four of them against San Jose State. Uh, really was kind of the weak link in that game. Uh, he necessarily, I mean, he looks the part and he, I think, probably has potential. But this, again, is this his first year playing, you know, high major football? I mean, he played Juco for a couple of years and was very good. Uh, he was recruited by a lot of schools, like, you know, Oklahoma was like the team Arkansas beat him out for. But if he goes to Oklahoma, I don't think Oklahoma necessarily was recruiting him to be a starting offensive lineman. He's probably just a depth guy. Uh, and I think that's one reason Arkansas was able to get him because Arkansas sold him on the idea of saying, hey, you come here, you have a great chance to start a tackle for us. Uh, so it, I think really the, the thing is he's being asked to do a lot. I think all, everyone had a bunch of high expectations for him. Uh, but if you would really kind of step back and look at it from a realistic standpoint, it, it, you know, not everyone is a Sebastian Tritola. Not everyone can be a junior college transfer and be a, an All-American. Uh, so it really, I, I've been a little bit disappointed, but again, I'm also not too terribly surprised. Uh, but I am anxious to talk to Chad and figure out if he was maybe uh, injured or if it just was one of those things where they, they didn't rotate him in. Because I think, I think it would have helped against A&M. So as I said, the offensive line really struggled there in that last drive where they were probably just dead, tired, and exhausted. Maybe they have a little bit of fresher legs in that uh, on that drive if they you know get a couple of breaks earlier in the game. Yeah, I was like I said, I was just surprised that Cunningham didn't play. The other question I had is, um, I don't know how much in practice that you guys, I don't know how much in practice you guys as far as 
um, what y'all what y'all get to see with Clary. But um, I so I was talking to my brother. My brother was a he started in high school at center for for four years or three years, and I was asking him about it. I said, "What?" Because they played in the show and played at Bryant, and I asked him. I said, "What is the deal?" And he said, "Well, he said one thing he noticed, and I've never even paid attention to this, was that Clary." Uh, he snaps with the cone of the ball, so the laces. And then I found myself watching every game that the rest of that night and watching centers snap with the cone of the ball. And it seemed like every one of them could flip the ball from the cone and throw a basically a spiral back to the quarterback. Do you know if Clary has issues snapping from the laces, or is that just something they want him to do? Is from the cone? I mean, is that do you know any reason why he snaps that way? And because it just seems like that's why he floats so much stuff back. I've always wondered. That. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed it. Um, I, I have noticed that he snaps that way, and it's a little bit more uh, unusual because uh, you know the traditional way of snapping it with the laces and everything. And, and I'm, I'm honestly, I'm curious. I'm wondering. I don't know this for certain. I'm wondering if he's tried snapping it from the laces last year. You know, last year is the first time he really, truly played center. Uh, as, you know, at any time because he didn't play center in high school. In high school, he played. I believe he was a guard or in a tackle. Uh, in, in high school, never played center, never had to snap the shotgun, snap from a shotgun until this, uh, until Chad Morris got here. You know, previous staff was all under center. Uh, he played a little bit of guard under the previous staff. Now he's playing center. Really struggled with his accuracy last year. Everyone, that was one of the people's biggest complaints is it just, it was all over the place. He snapped it over quarterback's head. He, you know, even if it was Cole Kelly back there, he snapped it over his head. He'd snap it, roll it back there to the right, to the left, just, could not hit the guy on target. Now it seems like he's able to be accurate. Most of the more times than not, I feel like he's accurate with the snap, but there's just that, that change of pace where it sometimes takes a little bit longer to get back there. And I think that that may have something to do with snapping from the cone of the ball. Uh, but again, I, I, I've never played the position and I'm not an offensive line coach. So I couldn't give you a perfect 100% technical answer, but that's just kind of my, kind of my theory on it. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's funny you say that when I, because my brother said, now, now I'm going to have to go back and watch a couple games from last year just because I'm curious. But my brother, he, he made the comment that he said probably his issue is he was snapping with the laces and wasn't accurate and was snapping it over their heads. And now that you say that, that makes sense. I'm really curious just to kind of go back and look at that. That, that was a very good point. I, I thought about that same thing too. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, Hutch. One more question before we let you get out of here. We've got this bye week, and I'm, I've I've gotten the uh, the opinions of of my peers. But uh, what is the one thing that you want to see improve out of this bye week from this Razorback football team? Well, uh, you know, in addition to just getting healthy, you know, Trey Knox missed this past game. Nick Starkle's banged up. Uh, you know, some other guys. Aside from that. Uh, from a technical standpoint, I would like to see Arkansas work on its red zone offense. Yes. Um, they they have struggled to punch the ball in the end zone. They've had turnovers. You know, we remember the interception uh, against A and M down near the goal line. That was not good. Uh, this is this is an issue that it's, it's, it's kind of. Ha- I remember there was a year uh, with Brett Bielema when they really struggled with this, and I think it was out of a bye week they came out. And they had the, the steamboat package. You know, people don't really remember it fondly now. Uh, but when it was first introduced, it actually was very effective. They actually were able to, to punch it in whenever they got inside the five-yard line instead of, you know, getting stopped or having to settle for field goals, things like that. Um, I would like to see them come up with some way, somehow, some little wrinkle or something 
to figure out how to work on that. I think they're, I don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure they're near the bottom of the country when it comes to getting touchdowns out of red zone trips. Uh, so that that's something, that's probably the biggest thing I want to see improve, especially knowing that this is an offensive-minded uh, coaching staff with an offensive-minded head coach. Let's see those offensive minds at work and figure out a solution to that issue. All right, Hutch, we appreciate it, man, and uh, we look forward to talking to you next week. All right, sounds good, guys. I appreciate it. Thank appreciate you, buddy. It. See you, man. Have a good week. Subscribe to Inside the Natural State and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat at Natural State Sports. We, the people. Stand tall, equal, and free. In pursuit of happiness. And premium American spring water. Mineral-rich, revitalizing goodness. With a naturally detoxifying high alkalinity. And 7.8 pH. Bottled in glass. To oxygenate our brave, proud selves. The healer and hydrator of. We. 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 The people. The Mountain Valley spring water. Back to the source. Welcome back to Inside the Natural State. Zach and Steve with you. We've covered a lot here this time we have and hutch was good man hutch i, I good, enjoy having hutch on and, and make sure you guys hop on hogbeat and at and nwa hutch yeah on hog, twitter hogbeat.com i got a good deal going right now i think uh get first 30 days for free with code hogs 30 that's h-a-w-g-s three zero i so, still want my free adidas stuff he was doing a couple well, months back you should have got i on know it i'm ago. sorry it's your fault but we're gonna bring somebody else on will what's up man Going good. Will's been here the whole time. He Will's just, been yeah, here the he whole just time. Pops in when he wants. Yeah. Well, it's different. Not you know not being in the whole conversation the whole time. And I'm just sitting here listening to YouTube babble. Well, see, well, it's it's <laughs> you know I kind of I, I kind of equate Will to Bear from College Game Day. You you have you, you watched yeah, you College did. Game Day? Yeah. Yeah. We we kind of equate you to to, to Bear. You're not always on, but when you do come on, you make some very valid points, and you're very good at it. He brings the stuff. Let me have you tell my wife that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. We're all in that boat. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're all in that boat. My, my woman's around here somewhere. But yeah, yeah. Right now, I think she's hiding. Yeah. She made, I made a comment good. earlier today. I made a comment earlier today. Uh-oh. And, uh, Those will get you in trouble. <laughs> yeah. That, that got me in a, in, a, in a deep hole. But she, uh, she, goes, she goes, why can't you be like that at home? <laughs> I don't exactly know what it was, but. Oh, boy. Yeah. I know. <laughs> You, you should probably just stop talking right now. I'm going to go get myself comfortable in the doghouse. Yep. Hi, yep. honey. You about, to, you about to sleep on the couch, my friend. Do you want to say hi? He did that yesterday because he was congested. Oh. So I have a question, Zach. Oh, crap. Should we continue playing this A&M game in Dallas? Yes. Um, I would like to just because I'm a Cowboy fan. But, you know, I... Give me, give me, give us three good reasons why we should, <laughs> or Jerry, two even. Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones, and John Stephen Jones. They're not going anywhere. So I give mean, me, no, give, no. Give me three good reasons. Three good reasons. I mean, it's a neutral site. You 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 hype it up a little bit more being at a neutral site rather than it being a normal home and home uh, series. Um, I don't. I, from a revenue standpoint, maybe I don't. I don't know mm. if um, you don't you don't benefit from that. But I think I think with it being named the Southwest Classic, 
What are you shaking your head over me? <laughs> it can still be the Southwest Classic when you play it. And... it but it, it it doesn't t- it it doesn't have the same it 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 doesn't have the same pop. Let me just give you my number one reason, and this is a very valid reason. We can't host recruits. We lose a home game every other year because we can't host recruits on official visits. Well. You don't want to do an official visit in Dallas or Arlington anyway. Well, no. but the the same argument can be made about the uh, the battle line rivalry in Little Rock. Correct. You can't you can't That's do why it. I don't want to play in Little Rock either. Fayetteville is our home stadium. That's where all the games should be. Home games should be there. And that's why I that's why this if you're going to take the games out of Little Rock, take all of them, including the spring game. Don't get me wrong, I love War Memorial. Do I it. love I love the atmosphere. Okay, but if you don't have the same benefits here in Little Rock that you do in Fayetteville, just take the games out of Fayetteville. Well, and on or the, take the games out of Little Rock. On the bright side, they have changed that rule a little bit. the The home team you can't. So I don't believe you can host official, but you can invite unofficial guests as long as you're the home team. So they did change that rule. So that's a little bit helpful. But honestly. I mean, I asked you to give me three just because I was, in, in, in essence, trying to troll you over there. But yeah, I figured I, you were trying to do as much. I, I literally see zero benefit to this game. Now, eight years ago, I saw some benefit to this game. T- today, I see zero benefit to this game. Several reasons. One, recruiting. I mean, okay, initially the reason we were going to the, we, we wanted to play this game was for the recruiting presence in Texas. And they wanted to renew a rivalry with a team we didn't play all the time. So now that A and M's been in the conference for what eight, seven, eight years now, they've kicked our butts every every year. We're zero and eight. We do not get an opportunity to host them in our home stadium, which who knows that could make a difference from the, from a, from a from a standpoint of home field advantage. Um, and, and so, and then on top of that, you're losing that home game. You're losing that revenue every single year. I don't as much have a problem with the the Little Rock game won against Missouri. I, I'm on the of the opinion that that game needs to go. But if you're going to keep one or the other, take away Dallas and give me Little Rock. And and my reasoning behind that is, I don't think we gain too much from a recruiting standpoint in Texas by playing that game. And I don't think and and we haven't played well. And honestly, I have no problem playing in Dallas if it's anyone outside of the SEC. But this being an SEC game. Give me I, – I, I won't even go to the game anymore. I went the first time really just to see the stadium. And then from then on, I've never been because, A, the tickets are stupid expensive. And, and then not only that, you're going to spend a ton of money if you go down and spend the night, if you don't do a drive down and back. You spend more money going to Dallas than you do in Fayetteville. But, hey, on that Little Rock game, get rid of the Missouri game. Bring back LSU, if anything. Uh, that is the – no, when I was growing up, that was the Little Rock game. There was none other. There was no other game in Little Rock than that LSU game. I agree, and I don't. I don't know. I think I would rather. I would rather that game be played in Fayetteville. Um, but that's just me. I don't. I don't. I but don't. now I, I, I want to bring on our other on-air personality. Yeah, she's been jumping. She has been, Katie. And Hi, honey. And Hi. Do you have something to say? Um. So coming from an outside perspective of not being a lifelong Aggie. It's been like this all day, y'all. I swear. Not being a lifelong Razorback. Coming from one conference to the other and having fans in both ways. Anyways, so I've watched A&M the majority of my life. Watched them play Texas and, you know, that bigger back and forth. Um, 
Now, playing in Dallas with Arkansas playing A&M, I think it brings a revenue stream in for both teams. I don't know what exactly the division is for, like, profit-wise from Jerry's World, <coughs> but you also have the fans down in, like, Texarkana, El Dorado, and think that it's closer for them to go down there. It's the same argument you can make for the Little Rock game. Well, it's closer to people in central Arkansas. It's closer for people in the bottom of the state to go to Arlington. It's an awesome experience. I, I enjoyed it when I went. Yes, it was expensive, and we had to park at a Wendy's, I think. Yeah, parking's outrageous. I remember parking's when, outrageous. The year that we went, we we went and parked. And, and so when we went, we I was always used to the tailgating aspect of War Memorial, where, I mean, you got there at 6 in the morning, and you tailgated all day. Yeah. Like, there was no, oh, I, you know, there was nothing. We showed up. I remember we got there. We, we parked in the Rangers parking lot. I think we spent $100 to park there. Um, and then we had to we had to set up because they wouldn't let us in the parking lot. Oh. We were too early at like 10 a.m. Like I think it was a 6:30 game, and we had to wait till noon or 11, noon or 11. I don't remember, just to t- get on the parking lot and tailgate. So we literally stood in line outside of cones waiting to get on the parking. It was dumb. And we spent a hundred bucks to park there, and it was a good experience. But I wouldn't go back. And as far as a revenue stream, I, I'm I'm pretty certain that we lose money on that game. Um, and I could be wrong. I don't know the exact numbers, but the revenue's not there. And, and I, that's not why they play it there. I mean, it is. There's a huge there's a huge fan base. There's a, there's a big contingent of alums in Dallas, and that there's makes a, sense. There's a Razorback club in Dallas, I think, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. there is. And, and, I mean, and it's a it's a very good-sized Razorback club, and there's probably some very, very well-to-do donors considering, you know, who else is in the Dallas area. <laughs> so, I mean, yes, from that aspect, great. And, and that's why I say if you want to play that game – Give me a non-conference, like it was meant to be. Give me a non-conference game every year. The other thing to think about is, from, so from a, from a purely number standpoint, the attendance has literally dropped year over year over year. So in 09, there were 72,000 people at that game. Arkansas won that game 47-19. In 2010, you had 66,000 people in a game that I think we also what's won. The, what's the capacity of that stadium? Not saying you're going to sell out. A cow, the, the Cowboy Stadium. Yeah, but give me, give me, give me the 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 actual the 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 capacity. Well, I mean, it's over a hundred thousand. If they it did a hundred and ten thousand, I think. Uh, well, but that's with standing room only, and it's set up a certain way. I think you can actually. I think for the Razorback game, I would say a sellout's probably in the eighty five thousand, eighty eighty five thousand really? range. Would be my guess, maybe seventy five. Well, the only time the I've never been on the inside of Cowboy Stadium, I mm-hmm. was there in 09 when it was being built. Okay, uh, no, I take that back. I was there in 10. No, I was there in 09, 08, 08, 09 when it was being built. Um, so I've never actually got to see the with my own eyes. Yeah. But what's up, Will? You, Yeah, so talking attendance, um, the Cotton Bowl, when Arkansas played Kansas State, they had 83-514 there. So yeah, and that was that was inside of that was inside of Cowboy Stadium. Yeah, that was inside yeah. Cowboy Stadium. And when so y'all say Cotton Bowl, I think the actual Cotton Bowl right. on the the fairgrounds in yeah. Dallas. Yeah. Well, as as y'all were discussing this, another thing come up. So Arkansas was a home team this year, right? Right. right. Well, look at this. We play Missouri in in Little Rock too. So that's two home games we lose. Yeah, every, that's every that's other year, well, and you're so. losing a mass amount of revenue. I mean, we yes, were talking about the revenue I mean, thing. The revenue that you miss from you lose from not having those SEC games in your own stadium. I mean, it it kills it. But again, you start thinking about the attendance. It has gone down every year: sixty nine thousand, sixty eight thousand, sixty seven thousand. 
17, there was 64, 18, 55,000. This year, there were 51,000 people at that game. So basically, you could play that game at War Memorial and sell out War Memorial. Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And and so, and in a lot of ways, I mean, we, you know, Katie was talking about the, the, the distance. So honestly, from Texarkana to Fayetteville is the same distance it is from Texarkana to Dallas because you can just go up 49. Yeah, that's true. So it's, it's not a bad trip now, you know, central. Wait, 49 goes all the way down to Texarkana? Yeah, the plan is, I guess that's 49, right? That goes all the way through, whatever that is that runs. It runs all the way down the western side of the I state. I've taken that. that several times. The plan is for that to go, and it does go all the way through Louisiana now. Wow, I did not uh, know that. But you learn uh, something new every day on the podcast. Yeah, because, I mean, when we, when we lived in Texarkana, that's how you go to a Razorback game. You just go up 49 or whatever that highway is. Um, I think it, and eventually it's all going to be 49. It may be two different highways right now. But anyway, so um, so to me, I mean, it, it's it's not that long of a drive either way. But it's closer for A and M than it is for us. So I mean, theoretically, a, it's it's a home game every it's year. An a and M home game. Yeah, it's a home game every year for A and M. Being able to play in our stadium in front of hopefully eighty thousand Razorback fans and, and or seventy five thousand Razorback fans and five thousand Aggies. You know that would be the hope when we're playing well. Well, I think the the, the downfall this year <laughs> from the attendance is the absolute abysmal showing against San Jose State. Every fan was like, most of the fans were like, oh, I'm not going to make the trip if that's product they're going to be on the field yeah I don't know that that played as much into this game just because this is a novelty game like this is a game that people go to to be in that stadium and I'm gonna be honest with you as nice as that stadium is like to look at and everything about it it's a beautiful facility it's really overrated I I don't care where you sit you can have the best seats in the whole stadium you're gonna watch that stupid tv the whole time like you're not gonna it's like you're sitting at home except you're watching on the biggest tv in the world and while that's cool and you're in an atmosphere, it's, it's almost like being at the biggest sports bar ever and there's a football game that you're not watching because you're watching it on TV. Like, it, it's – it's I, Yeah, I can – It's just I – don't, I don't know. I don't like it. So, so I, I want to switch gears. Now that we've talked about that, I really want to harp on something that's been bugging me since the game. <laughs> and that's SEC officiating at this game. Mm-hmm. It was atrocious. You and I were at Boudreaux's, Will, and you made the point that – there was not a single holding call made against AM. No, and it the very most the most critical drive of the game for the Aggies was that touchdown they got right before the end of the first half. And the very play that he that um Mond threw that long pass to that they got so close to the end zone, they got to what, the three yard line or something? Yeah. Hayden Henry was coming on a blitz and the offensive lineman came up behind Henry and pulled him down to the ground. He was about to sack Mond right before he threw that ball. That pass would not have been completed. Dang sure wouldn't have been completed. He would have been sacked. And that's the most critical play of the game, I think, because if that was a third down play. So, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I, I mean, but I, mean, I wouldn't call it the ga- the play of the game, though. No, it was a critical. It, it, it was, was a hugely was critical juncture. Critical because you, you hold them there, and what was the game, tied? Or was Arkansas leading at that I think point? Arkansas I had it by three it, at that yeah, point. I think, they were yeah, I think we were up three, yeah, and that put them back up. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. put them back up. See, that was very critical. And then Arkansas stopped them the first drive of the second half, and Arkansas goes and gets a field goal, I think, in the first – Drive at the second I think half. So, so, right. So I mean, that would have put him up. But a I mean, I mean, you had you had the missed, like you and I were talking about, Steve. You had the missed um, roughing the passer call again on Hicks. Okay, because mm-hmm. uh, he dude got popped. Well, it wasn't and so much that he got popped. It was he got nearly. It was a wrestling move. I mean, he got yeah. suplexed to the ground. <laughs> I mean, that's it's a penalty. I mean, it's it's football, but it's a penalty. 
I mean, can't drive a quarterback into the ground. But That's the whole rules. game, there was there was holding call, and there were blatant ones that were right in front of the refs. We seem, and again, I circle the 2009 Florida game, and I think that one was Ooh. in the swamp, wasn't it? Yes. We had Florida beat. And again, we're playing the refs. And everybody outside of Arkansas, whether you're a Georgia fan or a, and they hear us say, well, we're fighting the refs. It's true. It is, but. Uh, and Saturday's game showed it. I, did it not? Or am I just being a homer here? It did, but. You know, I, so watching the game, I was frustrated. There were some calls. There were some missed calls. I, I think you were beyond frustrated. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> I, in terms of with officiating, I was I was frustrated at times. There were times where I wanted to throw my TV out the window from what I was seeing from that perspective. But at the end of the day, after watching NFL football yesterday and more college games on Saturday before that, this is a message to the fans. While the officiating sucked, they didn't take the game away from us. We didn't, we didn't play well enough to win at the end of the game. There were, some, there were some plays that hurt us, but here's the deal. If we block on that final drive, if we're prepared and we block their all-out blitz and, and Hicks has time to look at something other than his primary target, which he seems to lock on at times. And <laughs> oh, he, he even, stared him down. Well, and he even said it too. But again, in that scenario, he didn't have a choice because they were being an all-out blitz and he had to move to get out of it and get the ball out. And he did a phenomenal job of doing that. But, um, but I mean – so everybody wants to point to the pass interference call. It didn't cost us the game. We got a first down after that. To me, the most the most the, the most notable play after that was the the non-call on the roughing the passer that we didn't right. get. But again, even at the end of the day, you know, we had a chance to come down and still win the game. But then just like last year. Yeah, but well, and then we threw an interception. But um so as I when I when I started watching games that night, look, officiating across the board is terrible. I don't know if it's because officials are trying to rely more on replay. So they've kind of let their guard down or they're watching other things. But yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a Dallas fan. I don't like Dallas. Don't care. But I watched them last night. And let me tell you, Dallas got screwed a couple times. There were some horrible calls. Yeah, there was. The Zeke fumble was not a fumble. I don't care what. No, his name was down. His elbow was down. His elbow was down. Yeah, he was down. Um, there were multiple times. I don't remember which game I was what watching. I think, what I think happened with that, with that Dallas Saints game, they were trying to make up for the both times they screwed the Saints over. Well, I don't know, because there were bad calls that went both ways. There was another one that happened that the Cowboys were able to, 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 um, to benefit from, and I can't remember it now, but – I don't remember the other games I was watching the day, but there were blatant face masks. Like, and it wasn't, it was a running back going in a, through the hole in the line. And literally, I mean, there's no one around them. I mean, there's a guy here and a guy here, and the, guy, the, the guard is reaching up and yank, and dude's head turns backwards and it didn't get called. There were pass interferences that, that got called that, that they then replayed, and they still called it pass interference. Officiating just sucks right now. Like, across the board, it's bad. We talked about this and just in general from the high school level. Like, in the state of Arkansas, they have they have a massive shortage of officials in the state of Arkansas to to, to officiate high school games, and and now at that at that level, I mean the the officiating just it just plain out sucks right now. There's there's just a lot of issues. Okay, Zach. So question: oh, What crap. is the what is the sole purpose of the referee on the football field? Which one? There's only one referee. Only it's the good. guy with the white hat. Okay, okay. So I don't know what. Well, I mean, there's 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 a lot of answers, but. Oh, there's only one answer, yeah. and is to protect the quarterback. He is supposed to watch that quarterback the whole play. Well, he's been call. doing a crappy job. Yeah, I was leading to that <laughs> point. Uh, but, yes, so that, that suplex play that Hicks got, you know, it was WWE, uh, Monday Night Raw. Well, I, I thought mean, Brock Lesnar was, was I thought Brock Lesnar was in that defensive suit. So that, 
that referee, all he's supposed to do is watch that quarterback. And he let us down. And no, it didn't cost us the game. No, it didn't, you know, ultimately affect the change of the or the outcome of the game. But that's 15 yards there that would have gotten us closer to the end zone that very well could have won us the game. So, before we go to break, we've got a new staple coming out soon. Do we not? Well, I mean, so, yeah, something that I'd like to start doing as we go forward, and, and hopefully we can get you guys to jump on and join us, and, and we'll incorporate it into, the po- into a podcast form as well. But, um, you know, recruiting's picking up right now. Yep. Um, it's something that I like to pay a lot of attention to. Basketball, football, baseball's a little more difficult, but I can do my digging and, 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 and hunting. Um, just might have to spend a good chunk of money to, to get into some of those sites. But Well, we had – so we had a show before um, that was solely uh, – dedicated to recruiting it wasn't quite taking off how we wanted and then we brought you on and you're gonna try to bring it back yeah so my hope for this and and my goal for this is you know I I subscribe to most of your recruiting boards out there whether you know whoever they are Um, and so what I my kind of my goal from it is to kind of bring you know I mean 24-7 sports has a has a composite ranking set up and so I'd like to bring something to it to where we you know where we can bring all information to one spot. So, and that's my hope. So on Tuesday nights, um, hopefully starting next week, we can get the show kicked off and go and um, hopefully get some interviews with some recruits and different things as we go. Um, That's kind of my idea for that. But, you know, I'd also, as we start here, um, you know, just a little, you know, some quick tidbits on some things and different stuff. So, um, with a bye week, we don't have a lot of football to talk about this weekend. Nope. So other than what we have going on, so I thought it was interesting. Um, we've had it several um, several targets that have been that have that have confirmed for visits as we start uh, moving forward. Arkansas has already already confirmed five official visits for the Auburn weekend. So let's hope that Auburn doesn't beat us fifty something to three again, because um, so, there's some big names. Dwight McLeathern. Um McLeathern is a four star composite. Um, Cornerback, uh, six one one six six one and a half one eighty, highly rated guy. He was one of the one of the recruits that was doing a lot of tweeting uh, during the game, talking about how well Arkansas looked. Um, if you look at his crystal ball right now on twenty four seven Sports, um, Arkansas has got a they they they've picked him about twenty two percent of the time. There's a a mystery team playing in there right now that that they haven't uh, they they're not releasing who that mystery team is. Uh, Brady Ward, an offensive lineman out of Mobile. Uh, Bryson Eason, who's extremely important, uh, big linebacker out of Memphis. Um, he is a teammate of um, Martavis French, who's already committed. Um, both of those guys, if we could get those two guys on campus, that is a huge fix for the defense. Right now, Bryson – so Bryson Eason, Eason is a 6'2", 250-pound inside linebacker. That is Alabama-sized linebackers, and he can move. Um, and right now – So we're talking kind of like a Mount Cody maybe? Oh no no linebacker this linebacker he's, okay he's he's a he's a stud and putting in French is six two so, six two two forty so you're gonna have two very very good who's uh, one of their good linebackers out of Alabama that that we could kind of compare this guy to um, the oh, name is eluding me right now I don't I mean I'm not even gonna try to compare them I'm just saying size wise and speed wise these guys have the measurables that some of the guys at Alabama have. Well, hey, that's a plus for us. Yeah, well, it makes – I mean, and again, this is nothing against Hayden Henry and Grant Morgan. Those guys have impressed me this year. But they lack the prototypical SEC size and speed. And, and, and really, the speed is the more important part. We saw guys like Tony Bua and, and guys like that who, who were really dynamic at that position and, and undersized. But, again, 
the football is a little different right now. Um, and you need some of these big guys. French right now is uh, – I mean, I'm sorry. Eason, Bryson Eason, is, he's a crystal ball pick almost across the board for Arkansas, kind of down between us and, and, and Oklahoma. And right now it looks like Arkansas. Um, and then uh, just uh, – and French is going to be here with him on that official. And then Jashad Stewart out of Jonesboro, who's already committed, he'll be here as well. The staff usually likes to bring one or two of the committed guys in um, just to try and, you know, build off of that momentum. Yeah. <clears throat> so, big there. Now – we're not talking much about basketball yet. We're going to be talking a lot about basketball going on. I got to ask. I got to ask about a basketball, two basketball guys. Okay. Isaac McBride coming mm-hmm. out of Kansas. Okay. How are we looking on that one? You know, so McBride visited this weekend. He right. had an official visit. He's going And it looked like everything went well. Yeah. He, everything seemed to go pretty well. Um, he visited uh, um, Saturday, kind of a secret, kind of, kind of snuck in on us and, uh, and got up on campus. Had a really good visit from my understanding. Sounds like everything went well. Um, I have, um, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I'm, I have a pretty good relationship with one of the big recruits in the 21 class. And so and that was the so, other question I had. Yeah. So, so from, from the, you know, being able to talk to those guys and stuff, you know, you get little bits and pieces of things. Um, now I haven't heard a whole lot on, 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 on Isaac as far as what he's going to do. I know he wants to visit three or four schools. Um, Here's my only concern on that, and I know the numbers will work themselves out however they want, but I think we only have one spot right now with um, with uh, Gabe leaving, um, and there's a lot of talk that Kyrie Walker, who's highly rated 20, technically he's a highly rated 2020 guy, um, will reclassify, which there was a rumor he's going to reclassify for this season. Now the rumor is he's going to reclassify, he's going to graduate at in December, and he'll be on campus wherever he chooses to go in January. Um, if that happens, you currently don't have room if you bring McBride. And I don't know how you make that room between here and there, um, it, with it being right in the middle of the season. Right. He, he would come in kind of like uh, like Justice did last year at semester. So um, that's, a big, that's a big piece. I don't know. Um, I haven't heard anything, but I think Arkansas is in really good shape with him. So – how are we looking as far as the 21, 2021 class for basketball? Well, uh, 21 class is still shaping up. I think yeah, the reason I ask, I mean, this year the team is pretty much set. For the most part. Going yeah. in. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be kind of small. Um, Musselman's first year. And and here's, here's the fun part about that. He hasn't even coached a game yet. And, and, and has got my excitement level going. Oh, I yeah. mean, I'm, I can't wait to watch. Well, and he's an exciting guy anyway, and he yeah. brings an energy. Um, something that I've – and I think we talked about this a little bit previously in, in, in another podcast was his ability to recruit. Right. Um, it, from what I've – and, and, and here's something else. So, and it's interesting. when So, Jalen Ricks is a 2021 guy, and I talked to him and his dad um, several weeks ago. It was a couple months ago, actually. And we were talking about it. He went up on an unofficial to go visit. And um, he said the number one thing that they found, the, the most impressive thing that they had was the information. Literally, they had a board set up when they walked into the recruiting office or wherever they were at. And the board had Jalen's stats going back to like, I mean, like when he was a kid. Like, I mean, this is a sophomore. Well, a sophomore, he's a junior now. But, I mean, had all his AAU stats, all of his high school stats, everything just up on this big board, like, just up for him. And they knew everything about him. I mean – Now, is this something that they do normally with every recruit? So or, – so, Or how do they – Yeah, so if you listen to what Chris Moore, who's a big-time recruit out of West Memphis, um, Chris Moore is a guy that when Anderson was here, we weren't gaining any momentum on. It was probably – it was either – it was probably going to be Memphis with him. Um, and yeah, because isn't uh, – 
Penny Hardway is now yeah. the head coach at, at yeah, and uh, so former Orlando Magic. Yeah, yep. So, um, but uh, but so he was he was doing he had a so um, so Chris Moore when they asked him later about his visit, his number one thing was exactly what Jalen and his dad said was just how detail oriented they were, and immediately Chris Moore put us in his top three. Now, that's a guy wow. that we weren't nowhere near, I don't think. If you would have asked Chris Moore three months ago if he was going to come to Arkansas, I don't know that we would have been in his top five. And now we're in his top three. Um, but big – so so big time, big time guys coming in, though. Uh, Moses Moody, I don't – most people probably know the name Moses Moody. Moses went to North Little Rock High School. Um, he's a top 25 player in the country. He's at Montverde Academy currently um, as a, at a prep school. Right. And um, him and K.K. Robinson – who are, who's from Bryant, who has since transferred out to Oak Hill, um, will both be here the weekend of October 18th through the 20th. KK is a four-star. I think he's top 70. Um, and then Moses is a top 25. Now, for somebody like me who doesn't, and I'm going to admit this, who, who, does, who knows absolutely nothing about recruiting, is Oak Hill the – is that one kind of like uh, IMG Academy for yeah. football? Yeah, and so is Montverde. Both of them are, are prep schools. And now Oak Hill had, you know, they've got a, a pretty pretty distinguished alumni. Kevin Durant's a guy that went to to Oak Hill. They've got a very distinguished background. Do we have um, any? Do we have any size coming in? I think that's the biggest question for everybody coming. Well, Chris, is, Chris Moore's your guy. Chris right. Moore's your guy. Who would be this class? If they can get more, that's your size. Um, that that's going to be a big piece. Have we heard anything else about uh, who's the seven? Vanover. Vanover. I, I, I doubt Vanover gets. Um, I doubt he gets What's, that. Why was that he? Waiver. Why were we trying to get him a waiver? What's going on? Well, there? they just they need his size. I, from my understanding, is his grandmother from? is sick. Um, he's from Little Rock, and he went to Cal. Okay, that's um, where he came from. And transferred Cal. back. Okay. And there's the story is I think that his grandmother or somebody is sick, and so they're hoping to get a waiver. But I don't I don't really see that happening. Um, but the NCAA is strange, so you never know. Um, but. That's probably a big reason why they're not chasing any big-time big men because, regardless, he'll be ready to play next year. Sweet. And so, and that guy's got a stroke now. He can shoot it from man. I, I don't. I haven't been ex- this excited about the next. I mean, and again, football's in full swing, but I'm really excited about the future of of football and basketball. And I yeah. haven't been this excited about both of them. But then you add in the fact that baseball consistent runner for Omaha. Yeah. Consistent winner in the SEC. I mean, we may be looking, and, and, and I said this early on in our early shows, um, on on the live shows, is you're looking at the resurgence and the re, and the renaissance of the Razorback sports program as far as basketball and football. Well, we hope so. I mean, basketball, baseball's already there. Basketball, we hope, will get there. Um, and recruiting is a lifeblood of your program. And there I'm going to tell is. you, there's two guys sitting at Oak Hill Academy right now that are going to be humongous pieces of this Razorback program if, if, if we get our way. And, and KK and then Jalen Ricks is out there right now as well. Um, if those two guys come back home and play in the state and you get Moses Moody and a few of these other guys, it's th- this team's going to be special. So tell everybody, when, when, when do we expect the first recruiting show right, to kick so, off? So hopefully the plan is, and, and I guess I'll go ahead and, and just throw it out there and force myself to do it next, next Tuesday. So that would be what, like October 7th, 8th, 8th, whatever next Tuesday is. Call it the 8th. I think it's the eight. Yeah, it's the eight. That sounds good. That would be yeah, eight. That'd be seven days from tomorrow. So yeah, so uh, October eighth, um, probably around eight o'clock, we'll do a Facebook live, um, and then hopefully be able to throw it on the on a podcast so you can listen to it as well. Bam! All right, when we come back, uh, Steve, Will, and I are gonna have, talk about 
some of the weekend matchups. Now that Arkansas's got a bye week, we can look at the other games. Uh, we're going to do our SEC power rankings. Hope you guys got those ready. And then we're going to go on a little bit of a rant and see what, uh, see what we got ranting about this week. You're listening to Inside the Natural State. Subscribe to Inside the Natural State and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat at Natural State Sports. Welcome back to the final segment of the show. Oh, I'm so sad. It's the end already. Steve, Will, and Zach here with you. Oh, man. Um, okay, Arkansas has got the bye week. Do they? So they're going to they're gonna rest up, okay? I think we can all take a breather. Are they going to take naps? Ah, shit, I know I am. <laughs> just going to say, like, look, I'm... Look, it's been an emotional roller coaster these last five games. I'm taking a break. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. All right, probably I mean, a good idea. I've got I've got a big career changer coming up Saturday morning, and then Sunday, I'm being drugged to photographs. Have fun with that. Yeah, uh, I I put it together for Katie. So, oh, aren't you sweet? So, who are you watching this weekend? I've got I've only got three matchups. That's it. Yeah, there's like 27 games. I know, but I've only got three that I'm really keeping an eye on. And yep. but the the number one game, Florida Auburn. Okay. Okay. It's the only top 10 matchup of the whole weekend. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody else has got the weekend off. There's yeah. not very much. The action. SEC actually doesn't have hardly anybody. I think there's no. like six games in the I've SEC. I've got one. That's the only SEC game I've got. I'm, I'm going to be watching. I mean, Georgia's going to beat Tennessee by like 50. Yes. That, okay. That's probably um, 24 I'm, and a half point favorite. Yeah. So, you know, um, <laughs> Vanderbilt, no miss. Hey, that's an interesting game, though, for, like, who sucks more? Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, really. I, I mean, who do you have in that one? I mean, Will, who do you have in that one? Vanderbilt, uh, Vanderbilt, Ole Miss. Where is it at? Oh, uh, Ole Miss. It's in Oxford. I'll take Vandy. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I was just thinking that. I was like, after going there and seeing the crappiness of that place, I, I, Vandy put up, what, 30-something on? 38. On, they put 38 yeah, on, on, on LSU, Vanderbilt. On or, LSU, so. uh, LSU. Yeah, so, I mean, hey, you know. I'll, take, I'll take Vanderbilt. Yeah. What's the over-under on that one? <laughs> Uh, I don't know the over, over under, but ten, is it ten? I don't know. Oh, I was gonna say uh, uh, the on, other okay. one. The other ones are out of conference: Iowa and Michigan. Yep, yep. Um, I want to see what Jim Harbaugh is really made of. Um, Nothing. <laughs> I, did you, I, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry, not to interrupt you. But did you see the story that came out this week about r- pertaining to Michigan? Huh. So apparently, um, uh, Urban Meyer's wife got on the radio or did an interview. And they were talking to to her about um, his you know his dream jobs. Yeah. And it was right after Michigan got beat, and his dream. Well, you know, he goes to Ohio State, and, and and she was like, and Michigan is one of his dream jobs, and like they are angling for that job because Harbaugh ain't gonna survive unless they figure something out. Harbaugh's Harbaugh's. Well, survive. did you? I th- isn't he on the Fox pregame show or something for the college football thing? He's on a he's on a. Oh, he does, yeah. Or he does something. I he does know. something on, on, on one of the, the networks for pregames. Are you talking about Harbaugh? Or no, Urban. 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 Yeah, yeah Urban. I think it's Fox. I think it's Fox. And they were talking about, they were talking about Ohio State and, and Michigan, and they didn't even, they didn't even, uh, um, uh, what's the word? Um, they didn't even recognize him. They, they just, they strayed from him so much because he looked so uncomfortable when they were talking about that game. Well, that I mean. makes sense. Yeah. I mean. But uh, the other one is the other one's the Michigan State Ohio State. I I, I just Ohio State's going to win it. 
I just want to see if anybody can slow them down. I highly doubt it. Michigan State's not going to be the team that's going to slow them down. They are No, but one can good. only hope. They are not good this year. So, well, who do you have? I mean, what are your matchups? Well, actually, I just want to kind of go uh, kind of the same games you've mentioned so far, but I want to go back to that Iowa-Michigan game. So, you know, it's amazing how hard hardball has had getting Michigan to be competitive against Ohio State and other elite programs yeah. because he can recruit there. My question is, and this is, you know, this kind of off subject, I guess I'm kind of going off subject here, but how did he do it at Stanford but not Michigan? I mean, I know the same way. The same way you can ask how Nick Saban can do what he's doing at Alabama that he couldn't do at LSU. No, I don't think it's the same at all because it is an interesting question because you think about Stanford, it's harder to recruit there. I mean, from, from an academic standpoint, it's a much more difficult place. Um, Isn't it's, Stanford kind of like how Vanderbilt? To an extent, yeah. I mean, it's very difficult to get into Stanford. Extremely difficult. And so, I mean, for him to be able to pull what he was pulling. Plus, I mean, in California, while while they're, you know, for, for all for all the everything that happens in California, I mean, football-wise, they've not been very good as of late. And Stanford, you know, while they've had their ups and downs, I don't know. That's a good question as to why. Because he had so much success there. And really had a – it's almost like he lost his fire after the San Francisco debacle and how everything went down and, the, the you know, the Kaepernick situation and just everything that happened. I'm a huge Niners fan. And, and I'm sorry. I was, I was sick when he got fired because, I mean – and I know he basically ran himself out of town with the way – and, again, management in San Francisco was a joke. But it was – I mean, it is odd because you would think that Michigan, he would he would be going off at Michigan, his, the ability to, to recruit. Was he there? Yeah. Yeah. Was so, he there I mean, when Denard Robinson was QB? No. No, that was Rich Rodriguez. Yeah, he's had a lot Damn. of problems finding a quarterback. And Where a quarterback, have I been hiding? <laughs> Good Lord. For, um, for a quarterback guru, I mean, quote-unquote, in hard well, his, he is. He's, he has struggled to find a quarterback. His last good quarterback was Andrew Luck. No. Yes. Yeah, uh, Andrew Luck out of Stanford. I mean, at the college game, yeah. And again, you got to think, he – you know, who is a now retired NFL quarterback. <laughs> he did a lot with Kaepernick though. I mean, he yes, Kaepernick he was very, very good until he decided to be a social, you know, justice. Warrior. Easy but, there, buddy. But I mean, <laughs> Cap was, don't go down that rabbit well, hole. But I, well, and I say that Cap was a really good quarterback until they tried to ch- turn him into a pocket passer, which he was not. Um, and then he was not a very good quarterback, but it's, it is interesting. I don't know. That, that's so what are your other matchups? Will? the only other game I'm really interested in, and it's only one ranked team. It's, Oklahoma State at Texas Tech. How many points are going to be put up in that game? Well, I mean, I know Kingsbury's not still at Texas Tech, and they're struggling mightily. But I think Oklahoma I think State, the mullet I think the mullet's going to win that game. Well, I do too. Yeah. But I mean, but you're looking you're looking in the 69, 49. I don't think it's going to be that high. Well, I say Oklahoma that Oklahoma State still got a pretty good. I say that, and watch, it'll be so. like 69, 63. <laughs> well, it's just, I mean, not many games on this weekend. Yeah. There's really not. I mean, it's a it's a down week, and I mean, it, it and it's normal. You're five games in, so most of the most of the 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 big guys are are off this week. Well, and this is the two bye week year as well for, yeah. for most everybody. So you're gonna have some weird some weird weeks. Um, a couple. So y'all kind of mentioned the three that I'm that I'm looking at. Um, you know. Iowa, Michigan, Auburn, Florida. I'm really curious about that Auburn, Florida game because I don't believe, I still don't believe Florida's a top 10 team. Um, and I'm really curious to see what Auburn can do because Florida does have a good defense. Um, 
and they'll they should be able to give Bo Nix fits. And if they can stop the run game, they're going to be in good. They're not going to score any points. But I'm really curious to see what Florida can do defensively. Um, the other two games that I'm looking at are just, just totally out of left field. Um, I'm really curious to watch the Troy and Mizzou game. After watching what Lane Hatcher did at Arkansas State to Troy last week, man, the the first pass he threw, did you see that? The first pass he threw was a 92-yard touchdown pass. 25 of 30. First. He was 25 of 35, 440 yards. Forget that. I mean, Four th- touchdowns, two interceptions. Yeah. He is also the Manning Award Star of the Week. Yeah. So Okay. So think about this, though. Holy crap, yeah, dude. It is, but think about this. Not only does he throw for 400 yards in his debut. Is there any way we can get him to Fayetteville? <laughs> Not only does he throw for over 400 yards, but his first Pass like was 95 a 92 yards. yard touchdown pass. I mean, and did Omar you see Bayless. The, well, did you see the other stat too? Um, I thought it was pretty crazy. The stat of the ex ex Alabama quarterbacks. So the top, like the top three quarterbacks in NCAA this past week were all out. Either it was it was Tua, Jalen, and, and Lane, and Lane all had over 400 yards and all threw for stupid numbers. And I don't remember. I think maybe Lane had the only interception. Here's the thing. I if again. And we can talk, you know, Heisman candidates down the road. My pick right now for the Heisman, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it's hard to pick against him. I don't know that there's been anybody better, but again. Jalen Hurts. He is playing with a fire right now. Yeah, but again, it's like, I don't know. I want to, again, we're a long way away from that, but um, from from crowning somebody. And it'll probably be Jalen just because that's the way it works, but. That'll make three uh, Oklahoma yeah, but, quarterbacks in a row. But who has Oklahoma played so far this year? I mean, nobody. They And, and they're just, when you pull up the stats or you see the numbers, like Jalen Hurts has got like 300 yards, 400 yards of offense at halftime. Like, I mean. Same argument can be said about Georgia. Same argument can be said about Alabama. Well, no, I get that. And it's the norm. Same, or similar argument. I'm not going to say same, but similar argument can be made about LSU as well. Yeah, and, and Clemson. again, it's, it's early, and so you don't have a lot of, you know, a, a lot of I mean, heck, matchups. we're just, Arkansas is just now getting into SEC plays, yeah. so. But, I mean, you don't have a lot of premier matchups early, but, I mean, again, I'm I'm, I'm tempering that a little bit on Jalen and, and Oklahoma until, which, again, they're not going to play any dynamic defenses anyway, so that's probably why he'll win it. Um, the other game that I'm looking at is Arkansas State and Georgia State. So, just really curious to see if Arkansas State can keep the momentum going off of what they got. That was a big win. They weren't picked to win that game. You're starting a freshman quarterback, his first ever start. He goes on the road to a pretty good Troy team and handles business. Now they got to go on the road to Georgia State. Um, Who beat Tennessee. Yeah, but not a great – they're not a good team. Arkansas is favored on the – Arkansas State's favored on the road in this game, and and they should win it. But, again, you're starting a freshman quarterback. Maybe he has a letdown. This is true. What time is that game? And and how can we – how can anybody watch that game? is that already in its ESPN plus? So you can, so any, so basically, am I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this without getting in trouble, but are, do you, do you need my ESPN plus login? Uh, maybe <laughs> just so I know what I'm watching. Uh, I don't know. Again, I probably shouldn't say this either. I'm going to get home and no longer. Have, well, it's not like ESPN listens to this, but if they do, I want a job, but um, yeah, write me too. <laughs> but I won't have to share my password with everybody. But, yeah, so I have several people. The thing is, is it limits the number of devices. You're right. So, like, one night we were sitting in a squirrel. But we, one night we were watching – I was watching UFC. And my buddy Andy, who lives out in, in Oxford, I let him use my thing. And so I had it on that. And then my brother was apparently watching. And he's watching. And then I wanted to go outside for a minute. So I've got my phone. I go to flip it up. And I can't watch it. I had to kick somebody off. Anyway. so That so, happens. Yeah. So those are the games I'm looking it ha- for. It happens with our Netflix account anyway, too. So. Yeah, sh- ooh, that, that'll get you in a lot of trouble. You're right. No. Um, <laughs> 
But uh, one minor note before we get into our SEC power rankings, UCA is ranked number 10 in the FCS poll. So Nathan uh, Brown still still just keeping that truck rolling, man. You That's... know the fun part about that? I went to high school with his wife. Oh, yeah? Jessica? Yeah. Yeah. Graduated high school with his wife. So yeah. uh, kudos to both of them. Yeah. He was also a former quarterback there, wasn't he? He was at Arkansas, and he transferred to, to UCA. He yeah. was one of the many ex-Arkansas quarterbacks that have transferred to UCA. Many, many, many. Zach Painter, Zach Clark. Well, we had a good chunk of them. Yep. Okay. Will's over here chomping at the bit, wanting to get the uh, SEC power rankings. So, Will, we'll let you start this off. Okay. Who do you think my number one team is? Arkansas. Yes. Yes. No, no, no. I got it. <laughs> Tennessee. Ew. Come on now. No. No. So. Bama. No. And th- this kind of is the same team as the last week. LSU. LSU. Okay. I mean. They have, I've got, I've they got had, surprisingly enough, I have LSU as well. They have an, had an off week this week, but I just don't see some, anyone stopping their offense. So, I don't. I See, mean, I have to agree. It's going to be tough. November eleventh, November 9th, Something one of those like two for them and Bama. Them and Bama, it's going to come down to that. And that game could be thirty-eight, thirty-five. To think ten years ago it was nine, nine to seven, seven. <laughs> exactly nine, nine to six, nine six yeah. to seven, whatever it was. Well, I, that I've was a Bama one. That was, eh, of course Bama. you would. Everybody has Bama one. <laughs> I've got Bama. I've got Bama two. Yeah, I got Georgia two. I got Georgia three. So you got LSU third. I got LSU third. I just. But that top four that can offense, be interchanged that quarterback a little is bit. Completing eighty percent of his. Oh, passes. I get it. I get it. But Joe again, Burrow. Yeah. 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 He's a freak right now. Again, he's almost throwing against air for the most part right now. So look what Arkansas did against here against San Jose State. No, I get it. I get uh-huh. it. He, but again, yeah. I, I understand. And again, I'm with I'm with Zach. I think that top the top three for sure is top three can be interchangeable. Yeah. But at the same time, they haven't played anybody. Well, nobody. Again, we just talked about that. Nobody really has. Yeah, so, I've so got Auburn at number three and Georgia at four. So I got Auburn at four. Okay. See, I've got Auburn at four. I got Auburn at four. I got Florida at five. Same. Yeah. Missouri at six. Yeah. Okay. I got A and M at six. I see. You and I were talking about that. We Will and I were talking about that, and I was hesitating. I was like, mm. <laughs> but I've got A and M at seven. I got Mizzou at seven. I got Mississippi State at. Hang on, don't, don't skip Will. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Well, I was the same with you. Yeah, I was going to say he nodded. So. Okay. Uh, Mississippi State at eight. Same. I've got USC at eight. Damn, when did they come to the SEC? No. Yeah. <laughs> South Carolina. USC, yeah. Ju- yeah, USC so, East. Yeah. yeah, Junior East, however we want to say um, it. They look better against you've got them at eight. than Mississippi State. Okay. Yeah. So, I just. I've got USC. I've, I've got South Carolina at nine. Yeah, I've got them. I mean, they're just one off. Yeah. Yeah. Kentucky at ten. No. But again, again, the the next they're on their third quarterback, so I'm not putting them at number ten. <laughs> the next three can be interchanged. Who you got at ten? Ole Miss. Same. See, I I, I started putting them at at, at ten, and I was like, mm. but I got um, I got Ole Miss at ten mm-hmm. or at uh, Ole Miss at eleven, okay. and then the bottom three. No, I've got Arkansas at eleven. Yeah, I got Arkansas at eleven. Kentucky as well. at twelve. Yep. Okay, same here, and then. Vandy and Tennessee, they can be flip flop. Yeah, yeah, I, it it varies. Vandy has Vandy win, has one so, win. I mean, 
Tennessee still over. No, Tennessee. Tennessee had beat Chattanooga. they shut out Chattanooga. Yeah, they finally beat. Um, they're they're not going to win against Georgia though. I think that's that's going to get ugly and it's going to get ugly quick. Although who knows that that could be that one. It could be that hail mary that happened a couple of years ago that was just out of this world, man. Tennessee's going to need a little more talent for that. I don't. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Well, it wouldn't surprise me if they play this game close. So okay, I got to ask one off a one off question before we get into to the nonsensical part of the podcast um we all know alabama's probably it's going to come down to alabama lsu in the west who's it going to be in the east georgia still i don't yeah georgia i mean florida's i don't think florida doesn't have any offense offense. yeah if florida had an offense they could probably they could make a run at them but florida have any offense so who's playing in atlanta lsu no lsu georgia I'm Alabama, Georgia. LSU, Georgia. I'm, see, I've got LSU beating Alabama and, and Georgia, and uh, uh, them playing Georgia. And uh, then I just I go back to when you talk Alabama and LSU. Uh, real quick, to me, Saban, Saban's going to outcoach Georgia on all yeah. that. Long, so. Coaching. Real quick, off the top of your head, what are your what, who are your top four nationally? LSU, Alabama, Ohio State, and. You gotta add LSU in. You've got you've got LSU yeah, right. Clemson. Okay, Clemson. Clemson. Yeah, I don't think Clemson's the number one. I don't. I don't. No, no, but no. but I, I agree, Steve. Man, you know, just I, off top of your head, I know it's it's rapid fire. Well, I, I'm I'm putting Bama one. What is it with you and Bama? Because until they prove it other, until somebody proves it otherwise, who's who's beat them? I mean, other than Clemson, who's beat them? So somebody and Clemson else looked like garbage it. against North Carolina. They did. That's a letdown game. So to me, yeah, I mean, I, I got Alabama one. I'm probably putting Georgia two, Clemson three, Ohio State four, just because I hate Ohio State. And I even hate to put them in the top four. Um, but I, I, I know what we I feel I feel like what we saw from Clemson on Saturday was a lot of what we saw from Arkansas against San Jose State right. before. Not trying to compare the two programs, but in terms of how they showed up mentally prepared, I just I, I feel like that was you know they they weren't going to lose that game even if North Carolina makes the two point conversion. They got a minute and eight seconds left to drive down the field. So I, I'm I still see Clemson in that you know is a better team than Ohio State. I think if they played ten times, Clemson beat them eight. At this point, I just I don't trust. See, I think I've got I've got same as Will, but I've got Oklahoma on the first one out at number Ooh. five. See, I don't even know. I don't know. Again, Oklahoma's gonna have to prove some things to me as we get going. But uh, ask me in a couple of weeks; it'll probably yeah. change. Yeah. All right. So, come to the nonsensical part, and we all yeah. So we're making a little change this time. So instead of you know going going, we all have our our moment. We're gonna give each other kind of a chance to rant like we did last week because that was kind of fun. So. Um, I don't know which one of you guys want to start, but oh, you want me to start? Okay, I'll start this time. All right, well, uh, I'm gonna go refill my drink because this could get fun. <laughs> yeah. So as we um, as we as we as we come into this bye week, as we think about what's happened over the last two weeks, something that I said on the live show that I that I think is important for everybody to kind of remember, we were so down on the coaching staff last week. So we come out of the game, everybody's Chad Morris can't coach, this staff is overrated, this staff is in over their heads, they can't handle the SEC because they can't beat San Jose State. Now, fair enough, this staff and and, and really this team deserved all the criticism that it got last week. Um, But I think if you look at the way this team was prepared, I made this point on the live and 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 I'm going to stick with it. So last week, they came off of probably, I mean, debatably the worst loss in school history. If not, it's top two or three for sure. 
He took this young team that we all know is a young team. He took this team, took them to Dallas, and made them just as physical, if not more physical, than A&M for a good chunk of that game. They showed up. They played well. They they had a chance to win at the end. Most people, again, I had 49 to 20 as my pick, I think. Most everybody had us losing that game by 20, 30, 40 points. I mean, nobody thought we'd cover the spread, even though that's been the norm for that game. But so my point is, for all the hate and for everything that came after after Chad Morris and this staff last week, we should be seeing an equal amount of, hey, fantastic job. Look, I had this conversation with, I don't remember who it was I was talking to about this the other day, and um, might have been on Twitter, and we were talking about moral victories. And I'm not a big fan of the moral victory idea, but that was a moral victory that I can get behind. As much as I'm sick of moral victories and sick of talking about that, this was a game where we saw things that I think we can, we can move forward with. So, and, and, and you take all of that um, as to what this program is, is the, where this program's headed and where we're, you know, what we think we have going on right now. I was highly impressed with what I, see, what I saw coming out of that. So, so my point is, you know, spend some time, ex, you know, appreciating what this staff and what, what they're putting together, because I do think we've got, we've got some things headed in the right direction. Again, we're probably not done seeing them lay an egg from time to time. Just hopefully it's not four quarters of laying an egg or three and a half like they did in that game. So, I mean, as we move forward, you know, I know we talked about don't go to the games, don't watch the games, and that's still your prerogative. If you're tired of it, then I get it. We're tired, all tired of losing. But, you know, enjoy the small growths out of this program because that's what we're going to get this year. Um, enjoy, you know, watching this team grow because we got to see this team grow a lot last week. Take it away, Will. What you got, brother? Okay, so the first thing I just kind of want to talk about is us as fans – we have to remember to give Chad Morris time. So, yes, we've heard it many times that there are a ton of freshmen on the roster, freshmen, sophomore, and redshirt freshmen. So, yes, we all have knee-jerk reactions to losing to teams that we shouldn't like San Jose State, but I also think that we have to, to truly get a full scope of what his coaching ability is and – how he can run this Arkansas program, we need to be patient enough to get him and give him enough time to have a roster full of his players. It's unfair to him, even if he is making $3 million a year, to give him guys that are juniors and seniors that have still got that, you know, that Bielema work ethic, which really wasn't a work ethic, in their minds that they're trying to change themselves and we expect them to come in and just completely change right off the bat. It's going to take time. No one likes change. We, as humans, we don't like change. So we have to remember to give Morris more time. Another thing is with us here in you know doing sports talk podcasts, live shows, whatever your venue may be, Whenever it comes to people on social media, don't just call them out if they're not just being complete idiots. So there are fans that may have different opinions than you do as someone in sports media, but that doesn't mean you get on your live show and you call them out because their opinion's bad or just different than yours. Now, if they're tweeting at players, tweeting at family members of players whatnot, that's a whole different story. Call them out all you want. But just because one person's opinion is different than yours 
does not mean you get on there, you call them out, and you call them names. Last thing, before my rant's up, say you love you to your family, your friends, everyone you know. Life hits you hard, quick, and you lose people that you're not expecting to lose very quickly in life. So always tell people you love them. Yeah, and kind of piggybacking off of that, that, that you know, Wait, 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 wait. goes back to part of my rant as well. You know, thoughts and prayers definitely out to uh, Coach Morris, his family, Jevin Sneed and their family. Um, you know, that was a big loss, and that was something that you know, we talked about a little bit in the live show. But, you know, the family literally put the put the funeral off until Sunday so Morris could be there. So you got to think, he was also dealing with the death of, of really a close, a close personal family yeah. friend, somebody he coached. Um, and and then had to had to go through last week in preparation too. So, good point, Will. Okay, so I've been on this hike here recently about like like you both said, tweeting at players, tweeting at fans. What? And and I'm gonna try not to make this an expletive laced rant, but when and and I'm calling this guy out. Um, Guy's name is Jesse Evans. Okay, you are the lowest of low lives to go on Chandler Morris's personal Facebook page, and I'm going to read the comments. I'm going to read the comments that he says in this Facebook uh, post. Doesn't have anything to do, not even saying anything remotely close to what this post is about. So here we go. Uh, Chandler and his dad are both. <clears throat> Your dad is a crappy coach, and I'm, I'm, I'm cleaning this up for, for, for those of you that are listening. Um, he should do the U of A a favor and step down. I hope your dad has a heart attack. Who in the world are you to go on and say things like that? I mean, who the hell do you think you are? You don't go, I mean, that's like people tweeting at uh, Jen Clary, Ty Clary's mom. Okay, you don't do that. Okay, and if you are, I'm sorry. Unfollow this podcast. Okay, unsubscribe. Unfollow the page in Natural State Sports. I don't want to be affiliated, and I don't want you to be a fan of my stuff and our stuff. If you're gonna do that, there's no reason at all. Okay, especially these are again they're they're young men. I get that. Okay, I do. But who in the world? I mean, what, who, who gets that, okay? Who does that? Well, and not to cut into your little rant, but who goes after a 17-year-old kid's Facebook and says that to him and his dad? <laughs> like, like, That's right. what I want to know. Well, and like, okay, I, I, can, I can get, like, well, I can't really get on, on the bandwagon of it, but I can see, you know, a, a, you know, a, a college student. You, you, I mean, these are 20-something-year-old kids. They are, they are adults. And they are in the limelight. And while I don't agree with it, I, I mean, I, the, well, I, I here's see. the thing: are they open to criticism? Yes. Yeah. And, well, and personal attacks are stupid. No one should ever say what he said. I mean, you don't wish. But that. you don't go on somebody uh, on a 17 year old. Uh, yeah, I get it. He's a commit. Okay, I get that. But he's a kid. Yeah. Okay. He did nothing of the sort to warrant that kind of attack. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Okay. He did nothing to warrant that kind of attack. To say that uh, his dad should have a heart attack, how would you feel if that was your father? 
Yeah. Well, okay. it's kind of like the guy last week who said that Starkle should break a leg. And yeah. Damn, he almost broke an arm. I mean, we want to be one fan base, okay, and rally behind the Hogs. And, and this is what we're showing the world? This is what we're showing the world? I'm embarrassed by my own fan base. I'm appalled at my own fan base for comments that they've said on social media. Okay? In this society of being anti-bully, anti, you know, anti-bully and, and, and standing up for each other and, and saying that we're one, we're one fan base, okay? We're a great fan base. We got great tradition. And, and then to get on social media and see this? I agree, man. I, and, and to me, here's, here's the best way to handle that right there. I've seen a lot of people, you know, they want to retweet and, and you know, oh, this is who it is. Like, this is the person. Blah, blah. Don't give them any attention. Like, literally That's just, what they're looking for. Yeah. And, and, and the fact is, is that the, the majority of this fan base is behind this, this team. The majority of this fan base is. I hope so. It, there's it, it's it's like politics. You you have the the very very vocal minority of people who make the biggest fuss, and that's where we are right now. You got you got people who are empowered by social media. You got trolls. You got dumb people who want to make their comments that mean nothing. That just that just hurt the program. The best thing to do is go on whatever platform it is and 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 report them and move on and hope it they just, get removed. It it bugs me that and I get it that. We're having we're having some trouble getting the wins, okay? We're having some trouble being consistent. I get that, but that doesn't warrant some of the actions of these uh, of these peeps, okay? Yeah, I agree. It, it really doesn't. I agree. So that's that's my little three minute rant. And again, I could go on like that for forever. <laughs> I think we. Have. I've I think gone we over. Have. So yeah. uh, great podcast today, guys. Um, next week we. Are back again. It's going to be game week one more time. Yeah. Can't wait. Finally get back Kentucky, to playing football. Kentucky week. Uh, at Lexington, 630 kick, right? Yep, that is right. All right. For, for uh, Steve and Will, I'm Zach. You've been listening to Inside the Natural State. We will see you guys next week. Woo pig. Woo pig. Woo pig. Remember to join us every week as Zach and Steve bring the best in fan reaction to Arkansas sports. Follow us on social media for the best of fan-driven, unfiltered content.